Alright, so quick book update. Book number three is now out. Lessons from the Edge of Barstools and Other Half-Truths. Out on Amazon.com. I published it, edited it, put it out on my own. Uh, so that completes the trifecta, the three books I've always wanted to write uh, to start out my publishing career. There'll be more books, don't worry. Uh, but I wanted to write three books. I have a Park Bench Philosopher. book about all the darkest parts of my mind, the thoughts and ideas and feelings I've had, and uh, some experiences and so forth. So it's a bit raunchy, um, but it's a, it's a good kind of raunchy. All right, so Park Bench Philosopher is the first one published by published by uh, Free Air Books, local publisher here in Columbia, local literacy um, organization. So they do literacy programs here in the city. So a really great organization. Um, the dabbling into publishing, trying to get that off the ground. So um, great team, freeairbooks.com. Please support them. You can also find it at barnesandnoble.com, and you can also find it um, on Amazon. And soon, if you're in the Columbia area, you'll be able to find it at the library and as well as um, uh, Skylark Bookshop. I should have a couple copies there as well. Alright, so that's that. Then the second book, Watch and Wander, micro poems about everything and nothing at all. I wanted to write a book with really short poems. Um, so I wanted to do that. No poem in that book is over seven lines. So it's, every poem is about seven lines or less. So I got a couple haikus in there, different forms of short poetry. Um, so you can find that on Amazon. Um, I wanted to publish, edit, and get that book out myself so I did that uh, watch and wander micro poems about everything and nothing at all then the third one about my experiences um, interesting people stories uh, that I collected from my adult years at dive bars and other bar settings and other drinking establishments and so forth so that is lessons from the edge of bar stools and other half truths. So, combination of different lessons I've learned and combinations of the dis different lessons I've learned over the years and being at the bars and doing other things. So, you got that one there. Uh, quick poetry reading update: Thursday, January twenty-fifth, I will be at Cafe Berlin here in Columbia. Uh, they do a poetry night every fourth Thursday. They have two featured poets and then they open it up for an open mic session so I will hopefully be doing the open mic portion uh, I gotta show up and sign up and all that good stuff so that's the goal be there for the open mic uh, if you're in town if you wanna come and see me feel free I'll buy you a drink or something uh, but that should be good That's my. this is gonna be my first sort of jumping into the um, poetry reading arena in a more organized fashion so that should be good. Still working on the other poetry dates. Um, I'll have some updates in the com upcoming podcast. But um, yeah, so I'll get those dates out. Uh, I got a couple dates in April and May that I'm working on, as well as possibly one in St. Louis. So um, trying to do it out here, trying to do it big out here. Uh, my way. And I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. So when we come back. Um, the second segment and the philosophy quick bite will just be in one. Um, but before I go, I want to say I promise you that 
every podcast from here on out will be 20 minutes or less. I give you that promise. So stick with me for another 15 minutes uh, or so, and I'll uh, get you on your way. Uh, but I wanted to really take the time to introduce myself to the audience. Talk about things that are on my mind, things that have been going on in the world, and my thoughts on it. And so hopefully you'll find something insightful, and hopefully you'll find something interesting. But uh, I wanted to get that out there, get it out of the way, so we can move forward. Uh, but I thought it was important to me to kind of talk about myself a little bit. So we'll do that when we come back. Uh, this is the I Write Books podcast with your host, J.D. Vale. Talk to you soon. Alright, welcome back to the I Write Books Podcast. So, like I said, um, we're going to do the philosophy quick bite and just a second segment all in one. I um, want to introduce myself to you and just talk a little about, bit about me and my thoughts on current events. So, um, J.D. Vale grew up in the church, Southern Baptist, Black Southern Baptist Church. Um grandson son and the brother of a preacher let me say that again the grandson son and a brother of a preacher so i grew up in a church man uh and i believe if i remember correctly i got ordained as a junior deacon as a junior deacon in the church and i believe i got ordained ordained as a full deacon if i remember correctly i was like 20 years ago so um i think that's right though but anyway uh just wasn't serving my needs so i left the church father passed away uh I think it was 2004 2005 mother passed away 2016 so sometime in between there uh just really moved on and just really wasn't serving my my needs um so um yeah just wasn't serving my needs so I left the church um why i left the church uh mostly I, I just the idea of just sitting around with people that think act and look like me uh, just no longer interests me. I need something more interesting in my life. Um, like doing that every Sunday, um, that just doesn't interest me. Um, so I left and I, and I do believe that any idea, dogma, religious dogma, non-religious dogma, organized religion, whatever it is, um, atheism, whatever it is, atheism, religion, whatever it is, it has to stand up to questioning. It has to want to be questioned. And I didn't get that sense in organized religion. It's it's a, it's very um, question avert, I should say, um, and uh, that's just not how I roll. So um, I'm very much a, a seeker of wisdom, a seeker of reason, um, and I'm not really that guided by emotion when it comes to making political. Um, personal cultural decisions I, I don't get roped up in emotion um so wasn't uh really um uh fulfilling my needs uh so i left and um yeah yeah so i left and um yeah it's just i left so i left the church um 
So that's that's my religious background, uh, where I stand on that. All right, uh, so moving forward, so we get to 2024, right? Um, I'm going to sum a lot of the current events into this idea. Let me be clear and frank here. Um, I don't fully blame the political parties for the problems that we have today. I'm just talking primarily in America. Um, I blame the people. I blame the public. If the public wants better, the the public has to go and get better. Go and get leaders that actually matter. Go and get leaders that are actually willing to do the work. I mean, we want the nonsense. Americans want the nonsense. They want the stuff that can fit on a hashtag or or a Facebook post. Let me give you an example. I'm in Missouri, like a lot of states in the Bible Belt area, where red states primarily now used to be solidly blue years ago or somewhat purple but now we're solidly red and things change and fluctuate that's fine current governor is about to turn out in 2024 new challengers are coming in one of the republican challengers i was reading the newspaper i read the newspaper i don't read internet news i don't watch cable news i actually read log form to get my information all right so a um, new challenger for the Republican ticket throws his hat in the ring, so to speak. And his first quote was his, his job number one. Now, I messed up the quotes, but this is somewhat of what it said. Job number one is to get rid of DEI and critical race theory. Okay. Great. So. When I was at the state of Missouri, I worked at the uh, workforce, higher education workforce development for 10 years. I had the uh, great honor after I, I uh, graduated from the Leadership Academy, I'll talk about that in a second, um, to work on a broadband grant that was uh, supposed to be for the whole state, right? Um, coming out of COVID. Um, as part of that grant, we had organization, we, organizations that work with a lot of our rural and smaller communities help us with this grant. So talking with those individuals, they would tell me that we have we work with students and families that have to go to the McDonald's parking lot in order to get their homework done or in order to fill out an application. Tell me how destroying critical race theory and DEI is going to help expand broadband. It doesn't. Missouri's infrastructure is falling apart. It ain't great. Tell me how destroying DEI and critical race theory is going to help rebuild uh, our roads and bridges. It's not. Um, but it works. Works on a hashtag. It's going to work. The other side is going to attack that, and then that's how you get the culture war stuff. So who's ever the uh, Democratic candidate's going to hear that, and then you're going to have the culture war stuff again. And it's all emotional driven, and it means nothing. Um, but that's what the people want. Um, so, so for instance, state of Missouri, we'll continue to struggle with uh, employing people. We'll continue to struggle with uh, bad infrastructure. We'll continue to struggle with um, broadband. But doggone it, we're going to fight on critical race theory and DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, because somehow that solves all of our problems. 
Um, but that's what the people want. So that now talk about leadership uh, in a few minutes we have left. I had the privilege of graduating from the State of Missouri Leadership Academy. It's a great honor. Started in 2018. Um, I didn't make the first round. I was able to make the second round of, uh, of people who were accepted to join. So it's a organization. It's a academy. People from 16 different executive departments. Right. It's basically a, a master's class in leadership. Uh, started under the former, I think it was the chief of staff or CEO of the governor or something of that nature, uh, Drew Erdman, uh, started in 2018. And so I graduated from there. The two things that was really, that I really understood about leadership, trust, vision. If you're able to build trust, you're able to execute a vision. When we vote every four, six, four, six or two years, whenever we vote in, the, in our country, we always say, I don't trust, you hear it all the time, I don't trust the two parties. I don't trust the, the nominees. So now how can, you ex how can you complete a vision and move a country forward when you're already starting from a platform of distrust? You can't do it. When you trust the person that's leading, you can bring people from any side of any aisle along with you if you're able to uh, get people to trust you get people to know that your credibility is rock solid in their minds um, that's the first thing I did I work at a university now never had a leadership never had a directorship position never had a management position in my life got there the first thing I needed to do was build trust among my employees the students faculty and staff once I do that it's rock solid that's what I got from our former director of safety he taught me that lesson being at a college you're able to build that trust with faculty, staff, and students. Credibility is rock solid. You're good to go. It's the first thing I did. Now, if I have a vision, I lay out my vision. I got the trust. I can execute my vision, and I can bring people along with me. Right? How are you going to do that when you start from a position of distrust and anger and frustration and, dare I say it, hate? How do you do that? You can't. Uh, but again... That's what the people want, because that's what we'll elect. So, goes back. If you listen to my podcast, uh, Philosophy Quick Bite, the other one, you know I'm 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 a total cynic. I I, I think it's all garbage. But and I wrote a poem about. It. I think we're headed to oblivion. So, that said, authenticity. Last point. I was listening to Rick Rubin on a podcast. Rick Rubin uh, was the co-founder of Def Jam. And um, was talking about um, art. And so the interviewer said, how do you get people to like your art? Rick Rubin goes, it's not my job. I create art for myself. If people like my art, that's great. Art is a diary. You're showing your diary in front of people. Um, so you're, you're allowing people to come along for the ride. But the art's not for them. It's for you. If you create art for somebody else, that's called commerce. It's not true art blew my mind I mean blew my mind because it's about authenticity I wanted to write these three books and I worked so hard to write these three books uh, to start my publishing career and I was like why am I writing why am I focusing so much on this because I need to create art and this is art that came from me you love it come along man it's gonna come along it's gonna be fun it's good good work out there you know it's fine it's all good 
but that that really changed my my whole framework of of why I am a poet, why I write. Because I've been thinking about, man, how am I going to engage people? How am I going to have people lit, read my work and yada yada yada? Don't worry about that. Worry about the art. Worry about the art. Authenticity, leadership. That's what's going to take us to the next um, plateau. That's what's going to take us to uh, the future. But that's just me. It is what it is. The election will be what it'll be. A uh, lot of lot of stuff going on in the world, but uh, shit's out of my hands. So somebody else got to figure it out. Um, but I wanted to leave that with you. Thank you all so much for um, joining me today. This is the I Write Books podcast. I am your host, J.D. Vale. Um, I'll probably do another philosophy quick biter. Um, just give you some updates on uh, what's going on with my poetry and some other things. So be safe. Take care of yourself. If you're in a state like mine where it's icing and snowing and all that, be safe. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. Really appreciate you. Take care.